is, they already shook. Where they came, bitch, I'm doing a look. Shake down, hey. Ain't no way rolling, pockets bulging, arms wide open. Niggas can't hide them, keep it in motion. Love my closest ones who love me. Yeah, my lowest gangsta shit in my tank deck. Running it back. Really, this shit is a marathon, but we ain't running no track. We in the hills, we in the hills. I ain't got no chill, we did it for real. Look how I'm posing all the stills. All black hoodies like I'm doing drills. On rocking this Nipsey blue. Niggas be slimy and shifty too. Can't let them around me, I'm simply doing for real. Peace, love, and life, and peace, love, and light. Welcome, stay, come again. I am your host, Him Not Them. Got to give and always will a shout out to the ancestors, the elders, listeners, likers, and subscribers. Can't show the hate, no love. As always, drink your water, eat your greens. We are here, we are live, and we are in full effect. That was the sounds of Hit Boy. Tony Fontana 3 off his new project Surfer Drowned I like Hit Boy I didn't initially like him as a rapper coming out then he kind of grew on me with his rhymes but he always was dope like production wise I always fuck with his music and who he chose to collaborate with but when he became an artist I was like uh right until I kind of like sat with his music and I was like, oh, he kind of flow. Like, I like the shit he talk about. We around, I'm not gonna say we around the same age, but he's influenced by the same things that I'm influenced by. And I recognize that in his references with his raps, which in turn made me a fan. Greetings and salutations. Hopefully the family is doing well. We're gonna hop right into it. We are closing out March Magic. Grand opening, grand closing. <laughs> Nonetheless, it was magical. It was magnificent. The first 30 days or so of being 35 feels... I don't know what it feels like. I'm still trying to find the words to describe the feeling. But I know it's a, a upward feeling. It's an inspiring feeling. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's an inspiring feeling. It's... um. I think it's I think it's a reflective period for me, you know, and I sit here humbly and candidly and transparently sharing my feelings so you can understand where the information is coming from tonight. Whenever I'm in the mode of of a transition, per se, or in a space where I'm being reflective, I always look back at something that I've done in relation to this feeling. And a lot of times we are scared to sit in silence. We're scared to look at the past because of what we are here, because of what we might hear and what we might see. I'm here to pitch an idea that when we sit in silence, we should be more intentional on what we want to hear. Because silence is a noise, but it can be very loud. And we don't want our silence to be loud. In order for us to do that, we have to sit with whatever we're dealing with and actually handle it accordingly. For me as an individual, I say all that to say, for me as an individual, when I look back at the past or I sit in the silence, I'm trying to figure out where have I felt like this before. For me, I go to my notes. I encourage people to journal their thoughts in some fashion, be it collecting, I don't know, clips out of a magazine or screenshots that you see and you put it in the album and it just reflects the time that you were in. Always date it, right? Put the date on it. If it's a 
piece of clothing or, or a screenshot. Watermark it with the dates. So when you come back to it, you will have a thought. I was getting ready to say magazine clippings, but I don't know if people still <laughs> read physical magazines. But some way that you can track your thoughts so you can have something to look back. I talked about it last installment, fueling our fire, some reserve, right? For me as an individual, I journal. The information that I'm looking at right now was from 2018, the the first year I turned 30. There was a time when... Um, there was a time when I thought I wanted to write a book, right? This is before I started the installments. I didn't have a way to get these thoughts out, right? I didn't, it's not so much I didn't. I, I haven't found, I didn't find what, what my route was, what my avenue was. So for me, I just used to write things down. I was reading a lot of James Baldwin at the time. He was just so pro prolific with what he wrote and poetic. I was like, damn, I got to write my shit now, <laughs> right? So in the midst of that, before I had the installments, I was just writing down a bunch of stuff. And I have a lot of rough drafts in the journals that I have. But this one in particular comes from around this time in 2018, right before I started the installments. And in this conversation I was having with myself had to do with the difference between faith and belief. Now, before I get into what I wrote down, you know, because I'm getting a little nervous sharing my writings. I'm like Erica Badu. I'm an artist and I'm sensitive about my shit. <laughs> With that being said, I still feel comfortable enough to share because what haven't we talked about here? With this, and I'm pretty sure I might have covered it once or twice throughout the duration of these installments. Um, when I think about faith and belief now, we should have more faith than belief. We, we put faith in ourselves. We, we put faith in the outcome of situations that we are unsure of. I think the Bible says faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. I have to have faith in the things that I don't see. Whereas belief leaves too much wiggle room. There's too many distractions that comes with belief. That's where I have issues with organized religion because there's too much reliance reliance on belief you understand whereas when we have faith we can put that to use some people say they put their belief to use mm, belief seems a little more stagnant to me we put our faith in what we want to achieve and want to have we're not waiting for it to be delivered i feel like belief is a waiting for a delivery type of thing whereas faith is a more pursuing behavior you understand I don't think I had these thoughts when I, when I first wrote this information down, but that's what I feel now in 23 in relation to when I first wrote it down in 2018. As I turn to it, <laughs> again, this is the rough draft, people, so don't hold me. Don't hold it against me. I'm not no, uh, Joe, well, I forget what my man's name was from the game, Jacob Hill or something. I think faith is more practical than belief. Sometimes we don't know what life has in store, but we should have faith in our works and the foundations that we've laid. In my humble opinion, when we believe in something, and I use air quotes, we aren't really sure if XYZ is going to work out in our favor. There's a difference between trusting and believing. When someone believes in something, they still have an element of doubt what they are trying to achieve. 
they aren't 100% sure of the things that they're not 100% sure if things are going to work out. They just put their quote unquote belief in God and pray that it's going to work out. But if we put some faith or trust in ourselves, we can achieve all in which we desire. Put forth the trust that you would in God and yourself, the belief that you have in God and yourself to manifest your wants and your needs. Yeah, man. I, I can't really remember what I was looking for, but I think it was it was my bouts with organized religion. And I felt like I was believing too much. I didn't have enough faith in myself. And the opportunities that were coming to me, I was ready for, but I, I didn't have enough inside of myself. I didn't have enough faith that I could tackle that beast at the time. It was going to a new school, getting a new job, moving into my new apartment. It was a lot of firsts. I mean, I mean, I was in my house, just moving into my house. It was a lot of firsts. And I had to find a way. You dig what I'm saying? And I say all that to say that if we are if we are in pursuit of something, let's put the faith in ourselves. Let's not just leave it up to belief, right? Let's do more pursuing. I'm not going to say do less praying. But let's pursue as we pray. Our first break. Yes, family, that was Victoria Monet and Lucky Day. Smoke. Anytime Lucky Day get with the R&B songstress, it's a vibe. He had an EP um, that came out maybe a few years ago where it was all shorties featuring on there and it was like a breakup tape on Valentine's Day. And it was a pretty dope concept, pretty dope body of music. Here he is again. Before we move forward, I just want to remind the family, it's okay. It's okay to cry. It's okay to smile. It's okay to ask for help. We are moving through 2023. Three months about to be over. We're about to enter the, the fifth year anniversary of 30 Talk. Um, I'm not really sure what that looks like. <laughs> but it should be a good one. We'll talk about that then. As we move forward in this installment, we are going to move to our relationship talk moment. I feel like these are being well received. I'm not going to say I get hella DMs from people talking about it, but just the individuals that do. I'm glad you are benefiting from it just like I am. Here we are all alone, me and you. We are still trying to, trying to succeed, work through, understand, you know, work around, work with. We're still trying to. And my relationship advice for tonight is continue. Continue to be the best person that you are and recognize your internal triggers. I'll give a quick perspective from a dating life and a quick perspective from a relationship life, right? 
All right, so from the relationship life, I feel like the internal triggers will come. You've been together for X amount of years, and it's always that one argument or that one situation that still got a little got a little heat to their flame. You know, it's just a very small cold, but it warms up every now and then. It got its own knob, right? I'll say two or three years, two or three years go by, and sometimes those um, repeated behaviors can still make that flame get a little fire. And every time you see me, like, oh, I still remember that argument from three years ago. You said some shit when you was drunk, and I, I said I forgave you, but I still remember that shit. That's the internal trigger. <laughs> we gotta recognize that, and if we said that we're done with something, then we're done with it. There can be, you know. We're all human. We all make mistakes. But if we are reliving something that's been signed, sealed, and delivered to wherever it's supposed to be gone and stay gone, we can't allow that internal trigger to get in the way of the progression of the relationship. From a single, from a dating's life perspective, especially when you're trying to initiate something new, initiate a new flame or a new situation, courtship, whatever the case may be, um, we have to recognize what what kept us out of a successful relationship prior. And those internal triggers can be, I'm just, I don't know, I don't really have nothing off the top of my head in this one. But it can be a a, be, um, a behavior, you know, or a way somebody delivers their message or a way that somebody receives your message, right? Maybe coming from a relationship where you weren't really heard. We should be able to recognize the internal triggers of someone Beep, 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 beep. Oh, I've seen that before. Yeah, that doesn't really come in my favor. Uh, doesn't really deliver in my favor. Let me recognize that. That can be an internal trigger in a good way. Then also we have to remember that if we're trying to move forward, we can't allow our internal triggers to keep us back. And we all have our own variations of that. When it comes to recognizing the triggers, either good or bad, I use, I use the terms bookmarks or anchors. It can be a bookmark. A trigger can be a bookmark to remind you of something that you've read, glossed over, turned a few pages past. You understand? That's what a bookmark's for. But an anchor can keep you stagnant. And we can be in one place too long. And a lot of negative shit comes from that. I say all that to say that if we are recognizing our internal triggers, we can have a successful dating life, not repeating old relationships or prior relationships. And we can keep our relationship intact by remembering that if we had a conversation about whatever we had a conversation about, if it's signed, sealed, and delivered, we can't allow the internal triggers to rehash old wounds. And I'll just leave that there. As we move through the closing of March Magic, we're using information from 2019 now. This was a year in... Um, into the 30s, I would say. And I was closing out the year, or closing out the month, I should say, with information about the educational system. Speaking about the educational system, apparently there was a school shooting as of late by a transgender. I'm not really sure what, which, which, uh, how they were transitioning, either male or female, I'm not really sure. But this individual shot up a Christian school. They were... Um, killed by the officers as well in a shootout, I would say. I didn't really watch it. It kind of like like came across my timeline. I don't really pay attention to the news and what's going on. I don't really be into that, but I felt this was something to report on because it leads into what we're going to talk about information-wise. But 
another school shooting. I think the I think the last one that I really remember vividly was like Sandy Hook. That might have been like 2013. And then I remember reporting on it when, oh yeah, I guess the shooting at Michigan State. When the girl said that I was in two school shootings in my lifetime. Once in high school and once in fucking college. I mean, once in elementary school, once in college. How crazy is that? You know what I'm saying? And America seems to still, this corporation that we call America, still uses the same tactics to get their shit off. You know what I'm saying? And it's it's like, it's boggling to me. It's mind-boggling to me because maybe it might be mind-boggling to me because I see what's going on a little more clear. How the tricks work so easily. But then when I look at it from the corporation's perspective, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. <laughs> if we can still do X, Y, and Z to get to, to gain in the ways we need to gain and the manners in which we need to be gaining, I'm going to keep doing that, motherfucker. You understand? And I understand that. Whereas us as the consumer and the and the, and the 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 people who are being subjected to these controlling aspects, we got to be more aware of that. And it starts with education. That's why they're teaching that LBG stuff in the schools. That's why they got giving your kids most of their choice. Don't listen to your parents. Listen to your mentor. How crazy is that? Some people don't feel safe sending their child to public schoolings because of the rhetoric that's so easily being spread. I say all that to say is like school shootings, education, that's a that's a tool or a weapon in war. You understand? And the education that we know it as today, the education system that we know today started in 1903 by, you guessed it, John D. Rockefeller <laughs> founded the General Education Board in 1903. The focus was organizing children and creating reliable and predictable and obedient citizens. That's what he said. That's what he wanted from the schooling system, right? An individual that implemented this was by the name of Horace Mann. He designed, the term is called compulsory schools, right? Compulsory schools, excuse me. Compulsory schools is what public schooling is. They needed factory workers. They needed individuals to learn how to sit, take orders, and be working in the factory. It's like a pipeline. Except in the melanated community, we got the the, uh, the public school to prison pipeline. You can find Dr. Umar to talk about that. But Horace Mann founded the first compulsory school. And he didn't even allow his kids to go to compulsory schools. You understand? They wanted to mold the child. He didn't want his child molded, so he didn't send his kids to the schools that he created. Just like the TikTok dude, the creator of TikTok said, yeah, I created TikTok, but my own children don't have it. What are we doing? With us being in the position that we're in, I'm talking about melanated people, we have to start getting on the ball, pause. Get the ball rolling, right? We have to stop saying that it's everybody else's fault. It's too much information be going on around. It's too much information going on around us that we can't use the woe is me card as much as we used to. It's a lot of acts. We have a lot of access to shit that our ancestors wish they had and worked so hard for us to have. We got to utilize that. So even though they might have created this school system, they don't create the information that can be taught. We got to get more informative so we can start teaching. I'm just talking about anything. Anything that has to do about has anything to do about moving the people forward. Stokely Carmichael was an individual that did that. 
he fought real hard in the in the DMV during his time trying to get people to understand the importance of schooling our kids the way that we need to be schooled and not so quick to send them to the white man. We got all the brilliance in our neighborhood, but we tell them to go to Ivy League schools and go to the PWIs because they're going to have X, Y, and Z. When these HBCUs is, don't have the resources as most PWIs, we are understanding of that. But the experience along with the education is what's needed for that child to succeed in the world. And I'll just leave that there. Looking to compulsory schools, looking to the General Education Board, and looking to Stokely Carmichael. Our last break. Yes, family, ESTG, stay focused. People been giving mixed reviews about his Mad album or body of music, whatever they call it. I actually like it. He kind of, he raps like how I like niggas to rap. Excuse me, I don't really like using the N-word as much. But he rap like how I like my rappers. You understand, pause. Like, he be on the trap beats, but there's a lot of story in the rhymes. And like, for me, I'm a, like a lyricist song type of guy. So if you can make a song about a story, I'm going to listen to that shit. You see what I'm saying? And he does a good, he has, he has clever ways of doing that. You see what I'm saying? And I fuck with it. To close this out, hopefully the information for the last installment of March, you know, hit home. We're not done just yet. I think, it's not so much I think, I feel like it's time for us to take a step. Not so much whether or not if we're ready for that step, but just take it. Maybe we're more prepared than we think. We spend a lot of time planning and plotting, but we end up staying stuck. You know what I'm saying? We, we, can, we can do a lot more with what we're presented if we just, you know, pursue it. In order for us to do that, we have to have what is called drive. And drive can be internal. In the relationship aspect of our installment tonight, we talked about the internal triggers. We can turn those internal triggers into an internal drive. Right? In order for us to move in a direction, we have to have we have to have the understanding that drive comes in four categories. You know what I'm saying? Compartments, aspects. Whatever, however, whatever, however we choose to look at it, there's four aspects to having drive. One of those is having the drive for advancements, right? We want to advance in whatever that we're doing. We want that raise. We want that rush. We want that dollar. You understand? We want that status. We want to reign supreme. When we have that drive, our drive has to match our goal. We have to use our drive to perform some form of advancement. Our drive has to also be our own, the individual, the individuality aspect. 
our drive is tailored to us. It can be fabricated. It can be mimicked. It can be um, altered. But as long as it fits whatever we're doing, the individual that we are, and it's a positive one, we can use that drive for our advancement once we know who we are as an individual. We can also use our drive to compete. I grew up playing sports. I always felt that competing is a healthy way of advancing. And if my drive is stronger than yours, I'm going to use that to my advantage to achieve my overall goal. Not saying that we can't collab down the line, but for me as an individual, I'm always striving for success in some form or fashion. And if my drive starts to dwindle, I got to figure out ways to tap into my reserve. You understand? And lastly, your drive has to have a purpose. It has to be authentic. Whatever we're trying to achieve in this space, in this time, in this realm, when we're drive, when we have a, set, a steady drive, that's because we have a purpose. We found a reason. I don't know if I talked about it on the installments or the conversation I was having. We have to have our reason. There, there is a reason or a purpose or the aha moment. We have to find that. That's the key to our drive. That's the key to our advancement. All right. As we segue to our closing, we can't leave without our melanated fact. To close out March Magic, I only felt it was right for me to state a historical fact that happened in this month, in 1957. March 6, 1957, the West African nation of Ghana formally declared the independence from Great Britain, becoming the first sub-Saharan African nation to free itself from the British colonial bonds. The, efforts, the effort of the independence was led by the Prime Minister, Kwame I wish I could pronounce his last name. <laughs> I'm going to try. Kuruma was later elected Ghana's first president. Kuruma, if I'm saying it wrong, forgive me. Um, dedicated to, he was dedicated to justice and equality and wanted his young nation to shine with his new legislation, right? Regardless of who felt what about him. These fundamental beliefs were cemented in Ghana's flag, red, green, and gold bands, representing the blood shed by its forerunners, the bounty of its architecture, I'm sorry, agriculture, excuse me, the bounty of the agriculture, and the literal wealth of gold in the lands. The black star, prominent all over, prominent all over three, represents black emancipation, of which Ghana became a role model for other colonized African nations to follow. If you have an opportunity, go down a rabbit hole about the maps and how they've been misleading with the maps, right? They're not giving credit to the actual size of some of the continents and giving size to the continents that aren't as large, you know, and you do what you want with that information. I feel like once we plant the seed, we allow it to grow, but once you start to bloom and blossom, then we can have conversations. But definitely look into the maps. Because they've been lying about the size of Africa and South America for the longest time. And for some reason, we've been duped, as they say now. With that being said, hopefully this installment was what it was, what it needed to be, and what it will be in the future. 
The next time you hear my voice, we'll be talking about the celebration of another anniversary of 30 Talk, which should be exciting. I'm your host, Him Not Them. And if you really want to have this conversation with me, tap into next week's installment. Peace.